Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I am Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph, And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And gentlemen, can you believe it? We're hitting, this is number 49, I think, episode. That's amazing. We're almost close to a year. And uh, this week I was observing in practice, actually the last couple of weeks, and uh, I had a huge amount of patients that came into the practice that were full of snot and Boogers and mucus secretions and a whole bunch of stuff. Now, for those listeners in North America, right now in Australia, we're heading into the winter months. And, uh, and obviously, North Americans are heading into the summer months. So we thought we'd do an episode on, what did you like to call it, Brett? Snot? snot. No, but boogers. Boogers. <laughs> Green snot, yellow snot, clear snot, white snot, stringy snot, runny snot. <laughs> oh, now that it's turned off now. All that <laughs> snot. <laughs> Good old Dan and his bodily fluids. He loves it. He just loves that <laughs> stuff. Uh, all right, well, Dan, well, since good to you get all love that. mucus and all that other secretions, so let's uh, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit more about uh, what happens in the body during the whole process of this this type of weather with our mucus secretions. Well, you know what? At this time of the year, wherever you are, you're bombarded with drug ads. And the drug ads tell you that if you've got a symptom, it's bad. So you better get rid of the symptom because you could die. That's essentially what they're saying. So if you get a fever, stop it with some paracetamol. If you've got some kind of allergy, then, you know, go get some kind of antihistamine. If you've got some kind of uh, infection, you better take your antibiotics. Um, etc etc and the thing is that a uh, any kind of snot or any kind of mucus secretion is a signal from your body telling you that it's doing a job so if you get some kind of secretion from the sinuses from the nose or something running down the back of your throat or you get some hard boogers you know clumping up in your in the back of your nostrils if you get that that sort of thing going on then you just know that your body's actually doing the work it's supposed to do now what a lot of people try to do is they go and try and suppress it and when you suppress it you actually make it it lasts longer. So if you're going to go and take antihistamines, for example, you're not actually addressing the cause of the symptom, uh, which is the mucus secretion. The cause is, of course, a hypersensitivity, and the body is mounting its normal response to that. If you go and take um, some paracetamol to dumb down uh, the mucus secretion, or you take some codrel or something like that to try and decrease the flu symptoms or the symptoms of the flu, then, of course, you're actually going to prolong the body's um, dealing with this particular problem because you're dampening the symptoms that the body creates to get rid of the bugs or the sensitivity. So you've got to work with the body to get rid of this stuff, not actually suppress the symptoms like the drug companies would love you to think you need to do. Yeah, it's such a great point, Damo, because actually if you didn't have those symptoms, it would actually be a bad thing. Like if you had a virus and your body wasn't creating a fever to create an inopportune environment for that to grow, then that would be a bad thing. We, we, we would actually that would be a bad thing if our body wasn't mounting that immune response. So it's actually a good thing that our body does it, and it does it for a reason. Mm. And, and really, for me, mucus. How I explain to patients is that you know you get this virus, the fever comes in, the stops it, or as it slows it down, your white blood cell comes in and attacks and kills it. And you get all this dead body in you know dead cells from both sides, the good guys and the bad guys, inside your say your lungs. Your body's have to get rid of somehow, right? Otherwise, you're going to have this whole bunch of junk cells or dead cells lying in your lungs. And the mucus secretion is there to kind of move things along. Where does it move to? Well, it goes from your lungs and it slowly goes up and then you, you spit it out into something we call the tissue. And you put it, <laughs> <laughs> and you put it in your pocket. And you, or a you know, spittoon. 
if you yeah. uh, you know Lawrence, you know. Well, if you're a caveman, you use your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's, it's just wasted on because your hair gel. Because <laughs> your hair gel. That's interesting too because whenever you get a sinus in, you get something sinus you're going on. You're going to get it coming out of all holes. So it's coming out in your head, right? Holes in your head. So you're going to get it coming out of your eyes because your body's got to try and clear out some of the the mucous membrane irritation in the eyes. You're also going to get it coming out through your nose, and sometimes it gets stuck in the sinuses. So it gets stuck in the frontal sinus, which is up behind your eyes, and that can cause a a frontal headache or a sinus headache. Other people can get it right in the uh, in the cheekbones. There's a sinus area in there that can get stuck in there too. Um, you can also get a lot more mucus coming out through your ears, and so that looks like carrots, doesn't it? You know, we're spoken about having carrots come out of your ears. So that's that's uh, um, a sign that there's some kind of bacterial or some kind of um, excretion coming out of your ears, and that's appropriate. That's a normal response. And of course, you can get some running down the back of your throat, and so the stuff that's running down the back of your throat is a response of what's actually falling down back behind your sinuses um, from the overflow from your nose and the nasal passage. So all of these things are indicators that your upper respiratory tract is actually clearing stuff out or your sinuses clearing stuff out. Now, sometimes you've got to clear your throat and that can be actually, I just did that, then I swallowed. And then, <laughs> but it wasn't mucus, it was just saliva. And then, so you're going to cough up some stuff and that coughing up, just like Lawrence said, is the stuff that's defying gravity. The body has this ability to defy gravity by pushing up mucus up out of your lungs, up your trachea, into your throat. So just in case you're fortunate enough to be able to spit it out, you can. Or if you've got to swallow it, you can. And then your body will digest it and get it out through another hole. And of course, uh, this is all the normal response, which we don't want to dampen. We want to keep it going. This is an appropriate response. You need to encourage it. But it's y- what you want to do is you want to you want to nurture the body through this time. You actually want to take it through a process whereby it can get rid of this in a timely fashion without too much symptom and without having to mount a response for a long period of time. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. And, and that's an important point, Damo, because what we're seeing more and more happen now is that this can turn into a chronic condition. You know, rather than being what, would, what it would normally be, which is a pretty acute thing. You know, you, you get the bug, your body deals with it, you know, a, a day, maybe a couple of days, your body kicks it. Um, and then you spend a couple of days blowing up snot and clearing it out. Um, mm. But what we're seeing for a lot of people is this is becoming really chronic. You know, they can have stuff blocked up into their sinuses for weeks, for months, sometimes for years worth of stuff. It's just kind of gross when you think about it. These boogers just sitting up there. And um, and they're just not able to clear it out. And it's it's a sign that, that their body, their immune system isn't functioning as well as they can be. Because as much as we've said that, that having the symptoms is a good thing, but having the symptoms for a, for a really long period of time and, and not adequately recovering and getting over it and moving on um, is also a bad sign too. And I think that's what we're seeing too much of at the moment, particularly these chronic sinusitis. I know I've been seeing a lot of. Um, and, and unfortunately, people who have been going down the sort of uh, medical surgical route to get some results with that and, and not getting the results they wanted to in that mode either. Um, you know, I know I've had a lot of people in my practice who've had recurrent bouts of surgery for their sinusitis, um, and it seems that once that happens once, then it. it mm. I know we've spoken about this before, Damo, that it can it can create an environment there that makes it easier for that to come keep coming back again and again when they get those sinuses scraped out. Did you want to talk about that at all, Damo? Because you had some interesting stuff about that last time I spoke to you about it. 
Yeah, it's the weirdest thing that uh, that medicine thinks that you can just go in and scrape something out and then it will return to normal. I just, I don't get it. Like, what, there's not a lot of blood supply to the sinuses in the first place, hence the reason why it's quite difficult to get antibiotics to work in that area. It's also very, very difficult to get herbal medicines and all, all kinds of, you know, therapies to work in the sinuses. But if you go in there and cut it all open and scrape it all out, it's kind of like scraping off you know, if you've got a sore or a wound that's trying to heal on your arm and you can't get it to heal, it's kind of like going in there and just cutting more off that sore or, your, or that wound and just scraping it out and then hoping that it's going to fix itself up. I it's think a I learned in a... primary school that scratching, that picking the uh, scab off didn't work all that well. <laughs> Thanks for the visual. <laughs> that's right. Oh, no. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's exactly right. The same thing happens in the sinuses. And it's not just a matter of going in there and scraping out tissue um, that's not wanted. If you go in there, you're damaging the sinuses and the chances of having, wow, I sound like you, Brett, then the chances, the chances of actually having a uh, a recurrent infection are very, very high. Yeah. So what we want to talk about then is what we can actually do and, and perhaps what we do if, you know, if you are a bit immune challenged, if there's something kicking around and you you know, your body's doing a bit of a clean out, what we do to get ourselves back on track and what other people can do to get themselves back on track. Um, and I know I actually, uh, you know, Lawrence talked about this before, but I actually had a bit of a uh, immune challenge last week. Um, so the start of last week, I was I was a little bit snotty, uh, which was great. Uh, body did it really well. I was, you know, about about twenty four hours, I was feeling a bit ordinary, and then a couple of days of you know doing some good snot and cleaning it out, and then I was right and back on track, which I was pretty happy with. Well done. And um, but you know some of the things I did. I mean, the first thing that I always do, obviously being a chiropractor, is go and get an adjustment. Uh, you know, I want, make, I want to make sure that my nervous system is functioning right and that my immune system is functioning right to give mm. my body the best chance of healing and recovering. Um, so that's that's usually my first port of call. Um, and then I reckon my second port of call is always actually having a little bit of a look backwards and saying, okay, what have I actually been doing over the last couple of days, maybe over the last couple of weeks, that might have led me to get into a position where my immune system was maybe a bit low, that I actually mm. succumbed to this. Because mm. I find that if I look backwards, I'll always be able to look back and go, do you know what, yeah, I didn't do great there, or I didn't do great there. Or in this case, I think a combination of perhaps a bit run down was probably one of the things I've been trying to do too much. Um, and so I look back at that and obviously learn the lesson from what I just did as well, which I think is an important first step. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so what about you guys? What are some of the steps you would then take from there to, to move on? Perhaps, Lawrence, you can give us a couple for... Well, I just want to just clarify a couple of things. I mean, I get so many patients um, that come into the office and, and they said, oh, I was going to cancel because I didn't want to, you know, pass on the flu or whatever. I'm like, don't worry about me. Like, you know, yep. so it, it's, it, don't worry about us because the best thing you can do is be here and get adjusted so your immune system is work, works well. And it's amazing to see how our body is so intelligent, you know, knows exactly what to do. You don't have to tell it to do it. It just naturally does it. And it's a natural defense system. And um, typically, like you said, Brad, I think that's a great tip. I, every, any time that I ever sort of get immune challenges, usually because I've overworked a part of my life, you know, I've done too much work and, and, and there's too much stress in there. Um, typically, w what I do is definitely go get adjusted. Um, what I try to do as well is, let's face the fact, we were, we're saying that uh, when we're actually immune challenged, it you know it's a normal natural thing, but it sucks, right? <laughs> it, it, it does. It's, let's face the facts. It sucks, but it's meant to suck. It's meant to. The body's telling you to slow down. It's telling you to stop whatever you're doing. Don't try to push yourself to go you know wherever you got to go and you know go exercise or whatever. It's trying to force you to stay still and conserve energy so that you yeah, can right. use that energy to save your body's life. 
right? To get rid of an invader or virus or virus or bacteria that's invading your body. So that's, right. that's one thing is to, to, to realize that your body's trying to slow you down because you've been working it too hard. So that's so one get thing. Some I, rest. Yeah, get some rest. I usually like one of the things I do is I make sure when if I'm feeling something coming on, I make sure I get to bed and make sure I get all the necessary rest. Like you can push yourself um, on your reserves for quite some time, but yep. if you don't replenish that reserve, then you're in trouble. You know, yep. you, you're gonna burn out eventually. And this is what exactly happens to all of us. No one gets really sick unless they're um, they're stressed, like or some sort of stress forced them into a position where they're immune compromised. And um, that, that's my belief. You know, so then it allows the virus and bacteria, which is already sitting in there. You don't catch it. It's already there. It's like sitting in the nose and the lungs or wherever it is. It's just sitting there, but your body keeps it under control. But it's when you're immune compromised because you're under stress, and then all of a sudden the bacteria goes, hmm, party time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the white blood cell has gone somewhere else, and I'm going to just invade. And that's exactly what they tackle you. So I believe rest um, and, and high, proper hydration um, is, is definitely key. I won't take it all because I know Damo wants to speak up on a couple of things too. So Damo, No, has this is good. This is good. You know, I think it's really important because rest is one of those things that we have a look. But you're right, LT. Your body is actually telling you to rest up if you've got some kind of infection, and especially, Bretto, if you run down get more rest get some sleep you know get that extra hour or the extra couple of hours of sleep each day just so you can just you know really repair and make yourself feel much much better more rejuvenated it's your opportunity to get kind of a holiday without taking a holiday it's just that it's that repair time it's interesting too because when you come out of some kind of infection or a, a downward spiral with hay fever or something like that when you come, when you get out the other side of it you actually feel fantastic you feel great both, don't you yeah, you feel amazing because your body's just had a really big clean out. You've been forced to rest, and you've you've gone through a nice big repair time, and uh, and that's that's important. But there's a couple of key things that I think is really that, that we should consider as I suppose essential for the maintenance of the immune system. So of course the nervous system is paramount. If your nervous system is not working well, for example, if you're subluxated in a chiropractic sense, then that will affect the way in which your body responds to the environment. We know that. So if you're having a I suppose a suboptimal response to the environment because your immune system's not working well, because your nervous system's not working well. You could improve your um, your ex expression of health by getting an adjustment. That might actually be fantastic for you. It, furthermore, if your diet's not flash, if your diet, if you haven't learned in the last forty-eight episodes that diet's important, if your <laughs> if your uh, if your food's not great. It could be something that your body is going, hey, hang on a second, you know what, you need to fix this up because you're eating too much of that and that's actually not helping me out. That's causing me stress. And so, of course, stress, you know, by, you know, in, for all intents and purposes, when you go into stress, we spoke about this before, you've got adrenaline and cortisol. When your cortisol is running through your system for a long time, you down-regulate your immune system so your body doesn't have the ability to respond appropriately. So your symptoms can be somewhat drawn out if you're stressed. So look at food because that's important. If you're exercising too hard and you don't give your body the chance to rehabilitate or rest, that can also cause a bit of stress too. So that can be challenging. But nutrition-wise... There's key vitamins that and and minerals that your body really, really does require, and the reason why Captain James Cook had such a successful voyage to Australia, and when he did that that voyage to track the path of Venus, was because he took, um, he, he took foods on on his on the endeavour that would produce enough a lot of vitamin C. So he had a lot of sauerkraut. 
and uh, he also had citrus where he could. And so in, in supplying the shipmen um, with the, the seamen with lots of vitamin C, he was able to you know, pre prevent things like scurvy and also downregulation of the immune system. So it was an amazing find. So vitamin C is really, really important. And then, of course, zinc, which is incredibly important. That can be found in lots of different seafoods, for example, oysters, um, but also in uh, nuts and seeds and lots of plants. Um, zinc is so crucial for the immune system. So without zinc, without vitamin C, you can't mount an appropriate immune response. So you may need to supplement with that if you get an immune challenge, but if you've got foods that are rich in it, then you've got to go really, really well. Mm. Now, awesome. I'm not sure if uh, Captain Cook has uh, actually had this, but what about garlic? And, and you know, we, we hear a lot about garlic or um, echinacea. What about those types of things that are demo? Can you shed some light well, on them? Yeah, I can, absolutely. Look, Captain Cook might have taken garlic, especially when he traveled down you know, through Asia. He might have actually had a bit of garlic picked up along the way. But with, um, with garlic, it, there's actually antibacterial properties uh, in garlic. And so it, it, just by itself, it actually acts as a very, very strong antibiotic. It's, mm. it's very, very effective. And it can be used topically. It can be taken orally. Uh, and it can work really, really. In fact, I've seen people put cloves of garlic in their ears to get rid of ear infections. Really? And they swear it works. So well, My mom, when I was a kid, one of the things that we used to have to do was she, was she would take a clove of garlic and she would chop it up in small little pieces and make us drink yeah. it. Oh, sort of make us swallow that. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> all right. But it's it's uh, one I've heard it's and good. read is about the breaking up of the garlic, like actually yeah. crushing it, so and crush that releases it. the enzyme that actually helps boost the immune system. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. And there's other things as well that will have those antibacterial products. So you know, a lot of the time people will use the manuka honey, which has the high in antibacterial products uh, for, for example, a sore throat. Or and manuka. Um, manuka. How did I say? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> And so, um, and that's great. And, uh, but obviously what you want to be careful of with the honey is I always say we're not having too much because one of the other things you want to be careful of in your diet is the sugars and the processed carbs, which can tend to feed those bugs a little bit if you have too much of those. So, you know, I always try and focus on when I am doing a bit of an immune challenge is getting lots and lots of vegetables. So just making sure you're getting all of those nutrients in. Um, and cutting right back on any sugars or processed carbohydrates that might actually feed it a little bit. Um, and the other one we haven't spoken about yet, which is really important for your immune system, is vitamin D. Um, mm, and so, definitely. you know, often when we're coming into that time, if it is coming into winter and you're feeling a bit of an immune challenge, um, you know, you might not be getting much sunlight. Um, and sometimes it's a bit of a challenge to actually want to get outside and roll up your sleeves and get some sunlight, or there might not be much around. Um, but it is important where possible to get out, you know, roll up your sleeves of your shirt, roll up your sleeves of your pants, get some sun onto your skin, because um, that vitamin D is super important for your immune function. Um, and there's so much stuff coming out, it seems every day talking about, you know, that it's even more important than we previously thought. Um, so getting that vitamin D and getting that sunlight is really important too. It's, um, so, it's so funny though, isn't it, what you say about the sugar thing because, you know, when people are sick and under the weather, you know, the first thing they do is grab whatever's easiest because they just feel so sorry for themselves, right? So, and typically yeah. they grab the potato chips or the, the bag of lollies and because like, oh, I'm sick, I'm just going to feel sorry. And that's the worst thing you can do because you're just feeding that bacteria virus, uh, which is obviously making things worse. So don't do that. Don't do that. No, be, be really careful. But look, it's important when you're going to use Manuka honey that you get something with a, a rating on it. So the, one, of the, um, one of the more common ratings that we see is something called UMF, Unique Manuka Factor. 
and that rating actually talks about the um, the degree of um, antibacterial property in that particular honey. And so the higher it goes, the stronger it is. And that applies across all of the spectrums of the different rating systems. So UMF, I think, is owned by a company now. Um, and so one particular company can use that rating. And then there's another another type of rating system that's kind of a bit more global. Out there. I'm not too sure what that is, but it's not UMF. But essentially, the higher the number, the better it actually is. So you, you need to select the more expensive honey, not just the Manuka blended honey because that's not going to do the job. Um, when you're using honey, you should actually you know, put it with something that's going to be rich in vitamin C, for example, lemon juice, and make it into a warm drink. So you've got, that, mm. you've got all those bitter principles. You've also got the, the sourness and you've got the honey, which has got the antibacterial properties. Um, but you've also got the bioflavonoids that come from the vitamin – oh, sorry, from the, from the lemon. And that's going to be particularly beneficial for you as well. Uh, so another... what you're saying there, Damo, is that grandma was right. Yeah. Grandma was right. Yeah, I was just going to say, my mom was right all along. <laughs> but I think they often put brandy in it as well. And you can yeah. do that. That actually does hit the blood a bit. But uh, I, don't, I think that's just to knock you out so you actually sleep better. But it's just um, fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, to help the medicine go down. Uh, the other thing is, which is an Ayurvedic traditional um, remedy, is to get a cinnamon, uh, cinnamon stick uh, to get some whole raw milk. Uh, and to get some turmeric and to get some honey and to mix all that and just simmer it away and just, you know, to, to drink that, drink a couple of glasses of that and it can really get rid of a lot of uh, the mucus that can build up in the sinuses and in the chest. And it's a really fabulous tonic to really assist the body in just picking up. So it's raw whole milk, um, cinnamon, turmeric and honey. And it, it, it's got, you know, if you can use Manuka honey, that's even better. Um, I was going to go somewhere with that, but I can't remember what I was going to say. That's all right. I've got a couple of other tips I'll roll into, Damo. Um, mm -hmm, and, cool. you know, one of the things that I like to do, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, what, we, what you'd always do if you had a bit of a cold or something was get the Vicks and rub that on your tummy and that always felt good and you sort of had those nice, uh, you know, eucalyptus peppermint smell that um, you know, helped clear you out. Yeah. And yeah. so as I've grown up, what I've realized is that those products actually do contain petroleum products and, yeah. uh, and that maybe they aren't so good for me. In fact, I only just had this conversation with my wife this week because I only just realized she'd actually been using the old Vicks. The old tub was sitting there in the cupboard somewhere. And, um, <laughs> and so, and the, what, you know, the tricky thing about it is she'd have been looking at the active ingredients saying, look, all it's got is these three ingredients. You know, that's fine. There's nothing bad in there at all. I said, well, that's the active ingredients. And this is important for listeners to understand the difference between active ingredients and ingredients. So the active ingredients are the ones that are the therapeutic stuff, but it's not the only ingredients that's in the products. So you actually have to look at the, the ingredients list to see what else is in there too. Right. And so, um, but you can do the same thing um, with just, you know, some nice essential oil, some eucalyptus and some peppermint oil. And you might just rub a little bit of that onto your skin. You might put that into an oil burner and burn that in the room. Um, mm -hmm. But that actually really can help if you're feeling really stuffed up and sinusy. That can help clear you out a little bit and help you get some sleep too. Humidifiers, so, they're great. You know, keeping, keeping the air humid, especially in the cold winter months, um, yep. having that air warm and humid actually really helps out a lot. And so you're right, eucalyptus oil, tea tree oil, peppermint oil, you know, all those sorts of things are absolutely fantastic. But what we haven't really gone into, and sorry, Eltiana, you want to say something here, but what we haven't gone into is the, the, the sinus stuff that can take place when you've got an allergy. And maybe, LT, you might want to launch into that. 
No, I was, that's the question I was going to ask you, actually, because I know a lot of people get hay fevers, and it's obviously an allergic response. Um, I think it's a, obviously something that you, you – I know you've seen a lot of that in your clients, being a naturopath and stuff. What's the best tip for hay fever? Because, I mean, every year sometimes we get you know patients that come in and say it's just getting worse every year. Um, and yeah. obviously, you know, what are some of the things that – I mean, symptomatically, obviously, it's it's a problem. It's, always a, it's an appropriate response in a way. The body is reacting to something, but – but we're all breathing the same air, and so their body's, body's mounting a response that is probably a little bit inappropriate, as almost hypersensitive. Yeah, spot on, LT. Look, it is, it is actually an inappropriate response to the environment. And again, it's heightened by the mucous membranes through the whole system. What's really important to understand about the immune system is that around 60 to 80%, and there's, you know, there's varying degrees of... of you know what people agree on here, but around somewhere between sixty to eighty percent of the immune system uh, resides in the gastrointestinal system associated lymphoid tissue. So it's the lymphatic tissue that is in, that surrounds all of the gastrointestinal membranes. Now, if your food isn't flash, or eating if you're eating foods that are, I suppose, highly let's for for want of a better word, allergic. These are foods that stimulate allergy. Inflammatory, yeah, great, great word, brother. If you're looking at, you know, if you're eating these foods that actually overstimulate the mucus secretion or the immune system in the gastrointestinal system, then in actual fact, what you've done is you've stimulated, over, overstimulated the whole of the gastrointestinal, sorry, the whole of the mucous membranes throughout the whole of the body. So your response to the immune system, or sorry, to the environment is is far more sensitive than what it would otherwise be had your gastrointestinal system been better. So the first thing I do with anybody who comes to me with hay fever is I load them up with probiotics because I want to settle down their gastrointestinal system first. So I really want their gut to be nice and calm. I get make sure their food's really, really good. I give them heaps of, of probiotics just to calm down the immune system in the gut. And then I reckon 80% of the time, maybe a little bit more, the immune system in the sinuses actually quietens down and just settles down. So they don't actually need to go and take all the codrol. They don't want to go, they don't need to take the claritine or, or all the other t sorts of antihistamines that are actually on the market at the moment. And the problem with actually taking those drugs is that you're actually only dampening the symptomatic response. Mm. You're not actually getting on top of the problem, which is the hypersensitivity of the mucous membrane in the first place. Isn't that so interesting, though? You know, to tackle a problem in the sinuses or hay fever you actually got to look into the gut you know that's amazing yeah. that's why i love it when you when you first described that to me i just thought it was fantastic now could you just um add to the listeners you know obviously not all probiotics is this, the same could you talk about any specific strains that the the listeners should be looking for when dealing with sort of hay fevers or these type of um, problems yeah, mate, there's, there's three that I am aware of. There's Rhamnosis, there's NCFM, and I think it's NCFM, and there's a number. I can't remember what the number is, but there's also LGG. And they are the three that I tend to use to calm the immune system down uh, in the gastrointestinal system. And so, you know, with, I don't want to name names, but you can look up NCFM, and you can look up LGG, and you can look up uh, Rhamnosis. And uh, and if you if you look up those... Um, those names, if you look those up on Google, you'll actually find out some brands that actually yeah. make, and, manufacture those. Or even look at their brand and see if it contain those type of uh, strains within those um, probiotic, whatever brand you're looking at. That's it. And it's not the liquid drinking ones. They're not the ones. That's not the way to go. The liquid drinking ones are, you know, they're pretty much... Sugar. 
They're not that flash. Yeah, yeah. you're right, LT. They're not that flash. So they probably feed more yeast and fungus in your gut than they actually nurture the bacteria in your gut. But uh, I don't I don't think they're flash. I think you actually need to get the really high potency, um, large quantity, um, good bacteria in the capsule form and, and get that into your body. I think that's really important. Great. Yeah. And so I think with anything like hay fever, you know, it's a it's an overreaction of your body to the stimulus. So, you know, it tends to be to do with yeah, stress and inflammation. So anytime you're eating those inflammatory foods, if you're living a high stress lifestyle, then you really need to look at that lifestyle and, and toning down that stress response and that inflammatory response in your whole body. Um, and that's gonna really help with the sinuses as well. Um, and the one other tip I wanted to chuck in, guys, was, um, you know, when we're looking at whether it's flus or sinuses or whatever it is, is actually exercise. Um, mm. That often just getting out and getting some exercise, you know, sometimes it's the last thing you feel like doing when you're feeling a bit under the weather. Um, and as Damien mentioned earlier, you definitely don't want to overdo it. You don't want to over push yourself and put yourself into that stress response um, mm. and fatigue your body even more. But doing That's a moderate right. amount of exercise can be really helpful for de-stressing your body um, and also just for helping clear stuff out, <laughs> like literally, you know, get every, get your blood circulating, get cough your lungs out. functioning and just help you actually physically work stuff up and work it out and cough it up. Um, so getting out there and getting a good exercise is a great way to help uh, get your body moving and, and start getting that stuff up and out. That's right. Well, that's... Uh I didn't think we were going to be. Uh, I hope people at the beginning weren't grossed out by their snot and, and uh, <laughs> blur comments in the, at the beginning, and they tuned off. And I'm glad you're still listening. So <laughs> thank you, uh, that, thank you for listening. Uh, I mean, so much great information there, and I think this is one of those episodes where you're going to have to go back and and definitely take some notes and really gather some information because there's so much stuff like from all of us there. So make sure you do go do that and for those uh i mean like i said it doesn't really matter whether you're in north america or in australia or any part of europe or any part of the world you're going to experience this throughout the whole entire year so we're seeing it more and more and i think it's lots of what damien said is a lot to do with our food our and brett said about our stresses our stress levels and is creating a havoc into our bodies and creating immune compromised bodies which obviously will be more susceptible to disease so thanks for that great information boys and uh, as always tell us um, what you think about this particular episode on thewellnessguys.com and um, you know make sure you keep the conversation going on Facebook and if you haven't liked us on Facebook what are you doing? Start start liking us on Facebook and tell your friends. <laughs> tell your mates. Yeah, yeah, tell your friends because uh, we'd love to, to, to make an impact in the world and that's what we're doing these episodes for. Um, and also make sure you make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe us there and then until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together. So join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show.